This is Peter Rosenberger, and one of the reasons I wrote my new book, A Minute for Caregivers, is because I remember the sinking, despairing feeling of struggling as a caregiver. No one knew what to say to me. I didn't understand, and others didn't understand me. For decades, I foraged along and tried to find my path through this medical nightmare that Gracie and I have endured for nearly 40 years. And I've learned to speak the language of caregivers. I speak fluent caregiver. No pastor, no counselor, no medical provider, no friend should ever throw their hands up and say, I don't know what to say to that caregiver. Because I do. Give them a copy of this book. It's called A Minute for Caregivers When Every Day Feels Like Monday. They're easy to read, one-minute chapters that speak directly to the heart of a caregiver, and you can get them wherever books are sold. A Minute for Caregivers When Every Day feels like Monday. Friends don't let friends caregive alone. Bill in Indiana, good morning. How are you feeling? I'm feeling pretty good. Good morning. Well, what's what's going uh, on with you? Well, it, I'm trying to uh, make this as short as possible. I'm going to be 52 next month, and my dad, who was uh, 75, he and I have had a tumultuous relationship my whole entire life. Um, I was pretty young when I would have been diagnosed as what everybody calls OCD now. And it was in response to um, his alcoholism and the way he treated my mom and, and that kind of stuff. And, you know, I found that I'm not the only person that, um, that deals with trying to be perfect so that you don't get yelled at. Um, and it's been this way, like I said, my whole entire life. And, um, about a year ago, I had decided I was done dealing with him. I just couldn't take it anymore from him calling me at work and, and being drunk. And it was crazy. Oh, and well, listen, to hold on. I, I do indeed. Do you mind? No, no problem at all. We, we got to take it. We got to take a quick hard break. We'll be right back. Don't, don't go because you, this is an incredibly important topic. So don't go away. Okay. Okay. I won't. All right, this is Peter Rosenberger. This is Hope for the Caregiver. This is the nation's number one show for the family caregiver. And whatever impairment you're standing between, it doesn't have to be Alzheimer's. It could be alcoholism. If you're standing between that and the worst disaster, you're the caregiver. You're why we do the show. 888-589-8840. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the show for caregivers about caregivers hosted by a caregiver. This is... Hope for the Caregiver on American Family Radio. I am Peter Rosenberger, bringing you three decades of experience to help you stay strong and healthy as you take care of someone who is not. 888-589-8840 is the number if you want to be a part of the show. We're talking with Bill, who has uh, grown up in the home of, a, of an alcoholic father, who is, and now you're having to care for him. Is that right, Bill? Yeah, he... Um... And just just one little other little bit of the story. Um, about a year ago, I just finally decided after the calls at work and um, <clears throat> you know him being in a drunken state and the things he would say and accuse me of, I said that's it, I'm done. And <clears throat> I talked to him just a couple times, and then this last July uh, he fell and um, hit his head, and but he was completely inebriated when he fell. So when he went into the hospital, they kind of ran him through, you know. Um, I can't think of the medicine they gave him to help him through the withdrawals and everything. And um, when he came out of it, he has a, he can't swallow uh, very well. His, the swallowing mechanism uh, is not working, and stuff that he swallows gets into his lungs, so he's had a peg tube. And 
I had really prayed. I've got a fantastic wife, a great church, and I had prayed, you know, maybe I need to stay with Dad. When he finally got to come home from the nursing home, he was in the hospital in the nursing home, uh, let's see, from the middle of July till about the middle of October. And it's still dealing, you know, it, it's his house. It's almost like I'm nine years old again. Um, and he, he can take care of himself somewhat, um, but he's scared to be by himself. And there is so much stuff that has happened in life, and I'm always afraid to confront him about it because, it, it's well, like I said, it's like I'm nine years old, ten years old. And I just was looking for anything, advice, a book, something to help me get enough fear or, or get enough over this fear to talk to him and say, hey, you know, the reason you've driven your two wives away and your family away is because of, you know, the Jekyll and Hyde dealing with your alcoholism. We need to call it what it is. And and I – I just can't take being, you know, berated anymore. I guess is the short right. way to well, say let's, it. Well, let's let's start right there. Let's just that's our starting point. Uh, the first step is to get you away from being nine years old. You're 52, so you're not nine years old, and you are not in any way bound to this this man's disease and his behavior. Unfortunately, this that's what this disease does. It disorients you and makes you think that you are. So we want to help you detach from that as best as possible. And there are places you can go for that. Uh, Al-Anon is a – I would highly recommend you go into an Al-Anon meeting. Um, okay. Are you familiar with Al-Anon? I just have heard of it, and that's that's all I've ever heard. I would recommend going. Don't, don't go there okay. with any expectations other than there's a group of people who are dealing with the same stuff that meet in anonymity, and they deal with the same things that you're dealing with with a family member who has an addiction issue. And you're going to hear your story come out of somebody else's mouth. And that's where you start because the principles that you can learn on that will help you detach from your father's disease. You know, you can't shame your father or argue your father or reason with your father into recovery. He's got to do that himself. What you can do is learn for you to live more healthily in this. And and that's the goal. You You didn't cause this. You can't fix it. Okay, that, that that that's where your your powers stop at the at the end of what you can do, and all you can do is be in control of Bill, not in control of your father or his recovery or his demise. Okay. He may not make it, Bill, but you have to. You've got you've got a family that's counting on you to not be nine years old to be fifty two years old. Your father's made his choices. He's got his life. He's got his thing going on. He's in a place now where people are starting to see what has happened to him. He may not make it, but you have to. And and those are hard words. Those are hard words, Bill. And I don't mean them to be anything other than what they are because it's blunt force truth. But that's sometimes that's what we as caregivers need in the midst of our craziness is that blunt force truth. You have spent a lifetime being a slave to your father's disease. And it yep. will... It will affect you for the rest of your life and your children. So this is your time now to step in to this and say, you know what? No more. No more. I'm going to go on a path of recovery for myself no matter what happens to my father. I'll do the best I can to care for him, but I am not obligated to fix him, to save him. He has a Savior. Look, I tell you what, here's what I do. Look down at your hands. If you don't see nail prints, this ain't yours to fix. You know, you know, he has a savior. You ain't that savior. And, and that's, that's your starting point to realize, okay, what is my responsibility? 
Honoring your father does not mean honoring his disease. You can honor your father without honoring his disease. And it's hard because it looks like it's the same person, but it is not. Underneath all this dysfunction is your dad, the man you want to honor. And you can, but you do not have to honor alcoholism. What you have to do is back away from that so that you can be healthy no matter what he's doing. When you go home to your wife and your kids after being with your dad, they don't need to have a nine-year-old walk in the house. Right. Yeah, it, it, my my wife is is fantastic. She's been so supportive. She's always been supportive of this, and she knows how hard it's been. And uh, I just it's been this last few months have been really hard trying to figure out where I draw the line. And I guess that'd be maybe the second part of this question is, as far as just confronting him and saying, you know, Dad, here's the deal, here's this whole situation. Is that something that should come? I mean, should that come from yeah. me? Could, yeah, it, it okay. can, but not right now. Not right now. Okay. You're not in a place where you're, you're, you have the vocabulary or the strength to do that on your own. You can get there. And that's why working a good recovery program for yourself is going to help. Uh, that's okay. why you go, go to Al-Anon. Go to a, they usually have a, a meetings. They have meetings everywhere. You just go on their website. They, they're everywhere. And, they, you know, it's, it's, the, it's the best hour you'll ever spend. And it's not necessarily because your dad's an alcoholic that you're going because I, you can go to Al-Anon for anything. Uh, you know, if, if you just go, if you're, if you're dealing with something you can't control and you're struggling with it, that's the place, because that's what the whole point is, is to learn how to come to grips with this. Uh, sit down with your pastor, sit down with a counselor. I would recommend getting a counselor involved with you at this point, Bill, and just okay. sitting down and laying this out because that's what they do. Um, there, there are lots of resources out there that you can go to that that will t- that will strengthen you and give you the vocabulary of doing this. You don't have the tool belt right now. You know, it'd be it'd be basically like you going out there and trying to build something with with only a screwdriver. Um you just don't that, you don't have really the vocabulary. Good. And so we're but but you know what? We're all going to pull together with you and help you get the vocabulary. And you can do this. And your family will have the vocabulary and they'll know how to minister to you. And know what's going on with you, and you, and your wife will be able to be able to uh, she'll, she'll be able to better understand what's going on with you, and why that nine year old kid seems to emerge all the time in the face of this, and your and your children will the same way. This this is there is a recovery path for you on this. Now it's work, but I mean you're not afraid of work, and it's good work. No. It's it's good work, Bill. It's 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 a way of you reclaiming. That which was stolen from you by this terrible disease. This disease has more than one victim. And and you can move through this. And th- this is this is what God can and will do through your life when you trust him with this. And it's going to mean you, you, you're learning a, a different set of skills and, and words and so forth. And that's okay. But, yeah. you know, th- this thing will, it will disorient you. It will take you down in some dark places. And, and you've already been there. You're yeah. not responsible for your dad's destruction. You're just not. He's a grown man who's made his own grown man decisions. And at some point, you're going to see where God can. God's even interested in, in helping him get to a place of recovery too. God hasn't abandoned him. Right. But 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 with alcoholics, you've got to almost you've got to step away from this and let them spiral out of control until they get to the point where they want help more than they want alcohol. 
And That's and good. you also have to understand this, Bill. Um, alcohol is not his problem. That's his idea of medication. Right. <clears throat> Whatever's going on in him, he's numbing that with alcohol. And and now the alcohol is taken over, but but the, even if he stops drinking today, even if if he gets sobered up and never drinks another drop for the rest of his life, he's still got to deal with the inner turmoil of what was going on in his life that led him to that place. So this is a long, yeah. long, long journey that he may or may not be able to make now that he's in physical uh, bad situation here. So your your challenge is is to detach from this. So that not not sever it, just attach. So that you are focused on the healthiest bill that you can be. Okay. That that's the that's the goal, and 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 for you and your family that this thing stops now. For your children's sake, okay. for your wife's sake, for your sake. Does that okay. help? That that certainly does, and. Uh... There's been many times I felt like I'm just in a whirlwind of not knowing what to do because I know there's no way to talk to him without getting upset. And I thought when I was driving in and heard your show, I thought, you know, he's going to have some kind of an idea what I should do next because I can't, I can't seem to see the light at the end of the tunnel. And I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with well, me. Well, Bill, this is why you're why I do the show, and I'm and I'm preaching to myself here because let me let me tell you something real quick. And I know you got to go, but but I can't argue with my wife's amputation. The legs are gone. I can't argue with that. I can't right. reason that. I have to accept it. That doesn't mean I have to like it. It just I have to accept it. Acceptance is not agreement. It's just acceptance. Okay, this is the reality. The reality is your father's an alcoholic. And he has taken everybody he's that's in his orbit into a bad place with him. That's acceptance. Right. We don't have to like it. We don't have to agree with it, but we do have to accept it in order for us to be able to say, okay, here's it is what it is. Now let's get to a place of safety. He may not make it, okay. but you have to. Bill, okay. please keep listening to the show, and feel free to call in anytime. All right. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. You're quite welcome, Bill. Thank you so much. 888-589-8840. This is Hope for the Caregiver, and this is part of what we do here is, is understand that the, this is not about nursing homes, folks. This is not about... Uh, learning how to care give. I, I'm I'm not here to tell anybody how to care give. I'm here to to help point my fellow caregivers and myself to a place of safety where we can live a calmer, healthier, and dare I say it, a more joyful life. No matter what's going on around us, that's the whole point. 888-589-8840. We'll be right back with more of your calls. This is Peter Rosenberger. This is Hope for the Caregiver. And we're glad you're with us. Hopefulthecaregiver.com. Have you ever struggled to trust God when lousy things happen to you? I'm Gracie Rosenberger, and in 1983, I experienced a horrific car accident leading to 80 surgeries and both legs amputated. I questioned why God allowed something so brutal to happen to me. But over time, my questions changed, and I discovered courage to trust God. That understanding, along with an appreciation for quality prosthetic limbs, led me to establish Standing with Hope. For more than a dozen years, we've been working with the government of Ghana and West Africa, equipping and training local workers to build and maintain quality prosthetic limbs for their own people. On a regular basis, we purchase and ship equipment and supplies, and with the 
help of inmates in a Tennessee prison. We also recycle parts from donated limbs. All of this is to point others to Christ, the source of my hope and strength. Please visit StandingWithHope.com to learn more and participate in lifting others up. That's StandingWithHope.com. I'm Gracie, and I am Standing With Hope. You've heard me talk about Standing With Hope over the years. This is the prosthetic limb ministry that Gracie envisioned after losing both of her legs. Part of that outreach is our prosthetic limb recycling program. Did you know that prosthetic limbs can be recycled? No kidding. There is a correctional facility in Arizona that helps us recycle prosthetic limbs. And this facility is run by a group out of Nashville called Core Civic. And we met them over 11 years ago. And they stepped in to help us with this recycling program of taking prostheses and you disassemble them. You take the knee, the foot, the pylon, the tube clamps, the adapters, the screws, the liners, the prosthetic socks, all these things we can reuse and inmates help us do it. Before CoreCivic came along, I was sitting on the floor at our house or out in the garage and when we lived in Nashville and I had tools everywhere, limbs everywhere and feet, boxes of them and so forth. And I was doing all this myself and I'd make the kids help me. And it got to be too much for me. And so I was very grateful that CoreCivic stepped up and said, look, we are always looking for faith-based programs that are interesting and that give inmates a sense of satisfaction. And we'd love to be a part of this. And that's what they're doing. And you can see more about that at standingwithhope.com slash recycle. So please help us get the word out that we do recycle prosthetic limbs. We do arms as well, but the majority of amputations are, are lower limb, and that's where the focus of Standing With Hope is. And that's where Gracie's life is with her lower limb prostheses. And she's used some of her own limbs in this outreach uh, that she's recycled. I mean, she's been an amputee for over 30 years. So you go through a lot of legs and parts and other types of materials, and you can reuse prosthetic socks and liners if they're in good shape. All of this helps give the gift that keeps on walking, and it goes to this prison in Arizona where uh, it's such an extraordinary ministry. Think about that. Inmates volunteering for this. They want to do it, and they've had uh, amazing times with it, and I've had very moving conversations with inmates that work in this program. And you can see, again, all of that at standingwithhope.com slash recycle. They're putting together a big shipment right now for us to ship over. We do this pretty regularly throughout the year as inventory rises, and they need it badly in Ghana. So please uh, go out to stadywithhope.com slash recycle and get the word out and help us do more. If you want to offset some of the shipping, you can always go to the giving page and be a part of what we're doing there. We're purchasing material in Ghana that they have to use that can't be recycled. We're shipping over stuff that can be, and we're doing all of this to lift others up and to Point them to Christ, and that's the whole purpose of everything that we do, and that is why Gracie and I continue to be Standing With Hope. StandingWithHope.com Take my hand